I'm Michael. I'm a small business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor, work in process, occasionally funny improv artist. I'm a speaker and I'm always very, very neurotic. I'm a TV host and I'm your host for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a dweebs global production where we give free mentorship help. Uh, we're around the world. We have free mentors in every language, completely confidential, completely free. It is called dweebsglobal.org. So I am here today with Yenny. Yenny was a fashion designer for 15 years, working throughout the world, places such as Japan, Europe, the States, and many others. Um, she has also had the opportunity to work with musicians, including Marilyn Manson, Snoop Dogg, and Bono. Everything changed when she lost her hearing and had to get hearing aids. She didn't feel herself when wearing them, and that's when she came up with her new company called Deaf Metal. She's wearing them right now. I'm sure she'll show us and she'll describe what they are, but let me get a little, little more backstory before we get into that. Um, I actually was with my father last night and he wears hearing aids in both of his ears and he is like 80% um, eighty loss of hearing, but he got this little device that he puts in the middle of the table now and he can hear directionally from the people at the table. He can set the microphone to kind of point in different places. So it was like me and two other people. And it was like the first time in many years that we had an easy conversation in a noisy restaurant. It was a miracle device. Have you had experience with those or? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any experience when I got my hearing aids in 2018. But after that, when, when I uh, jumped into the world of hard of hearing people, uh, I've seen the most of the uh, different kind of machines, devices that people can have. And there are many. It's amazing and they keep getting better. So I know he keeps upgrading every two years, he gets a new hearing aid and he can hear slightly more. So how did you go deaf? I'd like to say in a way to be a good, good example that it was because of noise pollution. Uh, I mean, like to 20 years ago, I was playing in a rock band uh, in a cellar. It was a too small room. Nobody was wearing any, any plugs in their earring. And, we, and it, it was just like really bad rock music that we were doing. And that was one thing that, of course, uh, led to the fact that I needed to get my hearing aids. I needed to get my, my, my ears fixed earlier. But the fact is that when I was a child, I had a, like a, some problem in my ear, in the ear bone. I don't know the word in English, but you have the ear bone, the hearing bone there. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, it didn't like um, grow like it was supposed to. And nobody knew that. I mean, like nobody, nobody, nobody knew that I had some hearing problems. So basically what happened is that I learned how to read from, li from the lips. And uh, I was still hearing okay with my other ear. Uh, and then I, I, I started to play violin when I was th three years old. And when you play violin, it's like the most damages that musicians have, they are the ones, the musicians that are playing classical instruments. Interesting. Yes, it is. And because, of course, there is so many of this cultural history, you wouldn't have to do any big decisions on the orchestra, how people are playing and who is playing in front of who and, you know, but that the cultural history of orchestra, how it is put there on the stage, it's there and it's very hard to touch on that. Um, how the musicians are there. Uh, but anyway, so, so I think that the, play, that the violin playing was one problem that I had because my, my, my left ear 
has like really, really serious problems. And I ended up uh, playing the violin when I was 16, when I started to get interest on boys and red wine. <laughs> and then when I turned 20, my violin turned into a microphone and then I started to sing. So basically I've had this noise pollution all over my, all, you know, all my life. Right. But also uh, there is like uh, my mother has a, has a hearing aid also. So it comes in a way, it comes in a genes. My grandmother should have had a hearing aid, but she never did. And so it's like, a, so there's I, knew something... that I, was, I knew that I was eventually going to get it, but I didn't know that I was going to be this young. This gotcha. young. <laughs> You're still young. <laughs> We're I'm both trying. young. <laughs> <laughs> so all of, so you essentially you were born with a DNA something something that uh, runs in your family and then you exacerbated it with your rock and roll lifestyle yeah yeah <laughs> well you know you gotta do what you gotta do yeah but this is something that i'm trying to um like affect on people that i'm going to i'm i'm really going you know death metal is not just a collection of jewelry for hearing aids the thing that we are going we are trying to do also is to uh tell people about you know the noise pollution that if you think about yourself or if you think about your children or you know your friends everybody is always all the time walking with the earplugs in their ears in their ears they're listening music or books or whatever but the noise pollution is like serious problem and I, and uh, I read a study when I lost my hearing from uh, World Health Organization and they estimated that the hearing loss is going to double by the end of two, uh, 2050 I mean like in 30 years. So basically my 13 year old son, when he's my age, he will probably have a hearing loss because he's, you know, having, he's having, you know, all the time he's having something in his ears. So. Right. So just a pair of like AirPods, if mm. you just have it at a normal, not loud um, sound level, does it still cause damage? Uh, if it's normal, uh, then of course it's natural that it doesn't. But when you just listen all the time, and you you kind of tease your ears all the time. You cannot see, you cannot feel when it's getting, you know, worse and worse and worse until you kind of feel until you you uh, realize in a conversation that you 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 you're becoming a wallflower. You can't you know participate in a conversations anymore. That happened to me. I suddenly I I kind of realized it. And um, the yeah. eardrum that I had. Uh, in my other ear, in my better ear, when it like exploded a few years ago. And then I had just the, the really bad ear. Then I realized that how bad my hearing actually is. So did it, it suddenly exploded? Yeah, it, it was like in the movies. In the middle of the night, I suddenly wake up into the fact that there is coming this blood of my ears. Really? In the movies, you know, when, when you're, you know, when you have blood bleeding in your ears, you're yeah. probably going to die right yeah but i had a flu so i was just like sneezing or something while i was sleeping and then it just exploded and yeah and that, that was it you pretty much have no hearing in that ear at this point uh i have now it started to heal mm -hmm. but it didn't heal like to the stage that it was before and then i went to the doctor and they almost operated it and then then it done it didn't start to heal and then he told me that, okay, it was obvious that you are going to get hearing aids at some point. So 
why not to you know just get it now because you have obviously you have some problems with your hearing so we just did it right yeah i saw my, my father's hearing definitely deteriorated over time he he lost it because when he was younger he was in the national guard and they were firing rifles without earplugs but it didn't have the immediate effect as he got older he just it deteriorated a lot faster because of the abuse from when yeah. he was younger so yeah um, so I, I understand how that works and i also saw him kind of retreating from conversations and from what's going on it's it's i feel bad for him when he has to you know walk away or leave the room because he can't yeah. hear people people can't remember to talk louder or talk at him like you he can read lips yeah. um but that only works to a certain extent as yeah. you know as well yeah. so but um so i i understand a lot of what you're saying you you've gone yeah. through from watching him yeah and and, and that, that fact that when you when you stop from hearing other people it's like uh you have this social stigma when you can't participate anymore but then you start to find your you start to you know in a, in a funny way you start to keep yourself stupid because you can't participate anymore you can't you know you you feel in a crowd when you're trying to have a conversation you start to feel like okay it's better for me to leave the room because i don't want to just stand here and like act so that i i, I seem like i'm i'm hearing what you are saying so so that is one that is that is a bad thing and many of the people of the hard of hearing people that i've been talking to uh their self-esteem is like gotten has gotten lower because other people when 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 they have to ask all the time what 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 did they say other people start to keep them as dumb people because you have to always say the second or third time what you were trying to ask or anything and now that i have the hearing aids i can i can i told to my children that i can hear them thoughts i can hear them thinking because you know it's like these are really really sharp i i think that my hearing is nowadays better than yours nice bionic (laughs) (laughs) how is it with like ambient noise i know my father's always had that problem when there's music in a in a restaurant and we're eating that always makes a little harder because his hearing aids could never fully drown that out compared to the people at the table yes they do oh they do they work it it doesn't they do nowadays yeah so basically if i'm sitting um in front of three people three people mm-hmm. and i don't like the, the things that you are you know mingling with with the other person mm-hmm. i can just you know i have an app in my telephone where i can just measure i can i can just move my my uh hearing into this third person they really? are like they are really they are brilliant the machines nowadays i can take phone calls i can listen to music with my ear mm-hmm. with my hearing aids and they are just you know, and if I lose them after a long night having a red wine somewhere, <laughs> and then I can just find them with like find my iPhone, but find my hearing aids. That's a little bit embarrassing to call yeah. to the taxi center that I know that my hearing aids are in that taxi, in that area, in that side of town. <laughs> I need to get them back. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so you know you drank too much that night. <laughs> uh, no, I was. That's actually some something that maybe your your father is also uh, has some experience on. I can put them louder and I can put them more quiet, but the brain can't take that much information if you're used to, used to the fact that that 
there is mostly silence. So some, some, sometimes I get like really bad headaches if I'm in a, just because of that, you know, the noise is just too much. There is right. like some annoying person in that cafeteria, you know, with a spoon and with a, with a teacup and it's like, ah, and so, <laughs> but I can also erase, you know, when I'm driving the car and I have the three children in the back and they are always, you know, they have this like really, really high noise. I can just erase my children. Oh my God, I could use that on trips. <laughs> Every parent's dream. <laughs> so there is many, many good benefits okay. in your hearing. But you're bionic, you have bionic hearing. I know my father plays online card games with his friends now that it's COVID and stuff. And he didn't realize that when he went to go use the bathroom the other day, they could hear him peeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was the first time when I, I tried my, before I went to get the hearing aids, I tried my, my mother's hearing aids. Now, of course, they are personalized for you. You know, the audiologist, they, they put the, they, they measure the things that, how bad is your hearing? And, I, and my mother was like uh, pressuring me to try them just to make me see how bad my hearing is. And I was sitting in the back of her antique shop in the middle of Helsinki. And uh, all the doors were closed, but when I put the hearing aid on and I, 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 I suddenly I heard the traffic outside, you know, those, even though the, the two doors were closed and I was, I just started to cry when I realized that, oh my God, like I have this bad hearing that I didn't know that there was like these kind of noises and, you know, right. voices in the world. So, yeah, but it's amazing. So this is one thing why, why I, I kind of I'm amazed why people if they kind of if they see if they notice that they've lost their hearing that they don't hear that well anymore, it can take up from five to ten years before they go to the doctor, and this is this is very interesting because if you can't see, you go to the doctor and you get yourself eye glasses because nobody wants you to drive your car without you know seeing well, but if you have a bad bad hearing, it's like it's invisible. Nobody can see that. But why can't you do anything about it? Is it because of the hearing aid stigma? Is it because you feel like you don't want to, I don't want to wear any medical, you know, like devices in right. my ears? Maybe. I don't know. But that's like something that needs to be fixed. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure people don't, you don't realize that you're losing hearing, I'm sure, for the first little while. I know when I, I can wear glasses and everything gets brighter and clearer and I didn't realize that things had gotten dull until I put on glasses and it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So 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 then you you've created this company Deaf Metal, D-E-A-F, and then metal.com, Deaf Metal. And it's you want to describe it? I had the I I I've had the AIDS for four days in my ears. And it was my first day off from work. And I went to my workshop and it's quite common for people who are working in the fashion field or you know, it's, I, every time if I buy a handbag or if I buy some even shoes, I need to tune them up a little bit just to make them look more like a bit more like they are my shoes. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happened with the, with the hearing aids and that, that's only natural because they looked like disgusting, you know, it's they, they, they medical looking devices. I, I needed to do something to make them more like me. 
And so I took the ears, uh, the, the, the hearing aids from my ears and put them on the table. And I've been using in my, in my career, I've been using a lot of like really, really thin reindeer leather. Though, so that was a familiar material to me. And so I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to invent something around the hearing aid uh, that doesn't uh, make any nuisance, that doesn't make any sound. So leather seemed to be a perfect material for it. And so I designed a little like a glove around it. And then, then I put some uh, like a metal string in there where I could put some uh, like, like chains and I put some leather stripes there, which I uh, connected into my ear. And they basically looked like a earring, which were a little bit like bigger because they went into the back of the ear also. And uh, I remember the moment, and my my stepdaughter daughter uh, also remembers the moment when she came to the workshop, and I just made the innovation from leather. Uh, I call it a holster, and and she said that when when she came there, she saw it in my face that oh my god that, and she has she told she has told me afterwards, and it was like the face the the the, the smile on your face was like, like this is like really amazing. Because when I put them on, you know, when I when I was wearing it, they didn't feel like hearing aids anymore. They felt like jewelry, and not just any jewelry. I mean, like fucking awesome jewelry. Sorry, but it, it okay. was just because it, you know, it. They were not, they were not hearing aids anymore. And then <laughs> it was Saturday, uh, Saturday daytime when I when I made the first leather holster. And the first jewelry, and I told to my husband, we were just about to go to sauna with my with the children, and uh, it was nine o'clock in the evening. And I told him that could you please take a picture of my ear because it, it's really really hard to take a picture of your own ear. <laughs> so, so he was like, "Come on, like, like uh, who is going to watch your Instagram or Facebook? You know, nine o'clock in the evening. That people have better things to do than just read stories. How you come out of the closet and tell that you have hearing hearing aids." And I was like, "No, no, no! I gotta do this. This is like awesome. That you don't understand how this feels. That they are not medical devices anymore. They are like earrings." And then he took the picture and they went to sauna and I, I started to stare my phone with the towel in my other hand. And I started, you know, those red dots that you get getting into your phone when you, somebody likes or something happens there. Mm -hmm. They just kept on coming and coming and coming. And then I went to sauna and I was there like two minutes and told them I really, really need to go back and see that I feel like something really happened now. And uh, there was two, 220,000 220,000 views only in Finland. And I got the first interview uh, uh, on Saturday night, which was on, uh, on with a messenger that can we make a story? It's like a tabloid in Finland. And I was like, okay, so by a total accident, I managed to design something that the hearing aid business uh, sector doesn't have at all. So, you know, after that, it was like, just a, it has been like, amazing it was just one small innovation one small holster made of leather we do it nowadays we do it from uh, silicone because it's more stretchy and there is many sizes of many different sizes of hearing aids so basically i i needed to you know this is like a cochlear implant it's like really really big mm -hmm. and this is a little bit smaller and then you have like a i will give you the smallest one 
So basically, this is really small. Got you. So people that are listening, she's showing me all the different types of hearing aids, and they really, they really are pretty big. Some of them are pretty big. I mean, yeah. I guess we've all seen them out in the public too. When you see people yeah. wearing them, I just can't imagine. I, I'm trying to imagine what an amazing feeling that had to have been, because going from probably not being able to accept that you had to wear hearing aids to being excited that you were putting these on and you were showing these off and you were like just so much so comfortable in yourself because yeah. I'm sure people that first start having to wear hearing aids to just not comfortable with themselves yeah. knowing that people are going to look at them or you know yeah think something's wrong or yeah and all those things yeah, people people grow hair over the hearing aids so that people can so that other people can see them no, there is a huge, the, the main problem that my product that death metal solves is the hearing aid stigma. I mean, not all hearing device users are suffering from hearing aid stigma, but some are. And that's kind of huge thing that it, it really like, I mean, we're talking about self-esteem. We're talking about the thing that people need to be embarrassed about themselves because they, they don't want to even show the machines. But this is also something that we're trying to fix here. I, I started to think that why people feel so ashamed about the hearing aids. If you compare it to, you know, eyeglasses. Yeah, eyeglasses. That's so true. I never even thought about that, but what's the difference? Yeah. There shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you have like a bad eyesight, you get to choose whatever kind of eyeglass is suiting for your own style. But if you have a hearing problem, you're stuck with these ugly looking machines for the rest of your life. And this is the thing that Death Metal does. I mean, like it's, you have the little holster, the thing, it's just like a, really small two centimeters of uh, like silicone, which has a little hole in the end. And then we have like different kind of jewelry, a lot of different kind of jewelry, which just fits to your own genre or style or whatever you, you want to call it. So basically it's very simple and, and that's the reason why it's working. But yeah, so I started to think that why people feel ashamed about it. And one thing is that you can't see hearing aids anywhere. I mean, if you think about fashion magazines or beauty magazines or lifestyle magazines, you can't see any model anywhere wearing a hearing aid, but you can see eyeglasses. So with my history being a fashion designer, we've been doing a lot of photo shooting. So this is what we are doing now. We're, we're just taking beauty shots and fine art pictures from hard of hearing people people who are wearing hearing aids, I mean, like sexy pictures and, and, you know, like beautiful pictures, beauty shots and like fashion pictures where people are just, you know, as gorgeous as in, in you, as usual in those pictures, but with a little side effect, they are, they are actually, they are wearing hearing aids in those pictures. Mm -hmm. And we all, we only shoot, I mean, like authentic hard of hearing people and not any, you know, like wannabe hard of hearing. <laughs> You're not just hiring models to put on a hearing aid. <laughs> well, I think that's amazing. I think they look, they look cool <laughs> and that's amazing. Yeah, thank you, me too. And it's amazing that nobody did it before. That is what's so wild that nobody was like, maybe we should make these look attractive. <laughs> maybe yeah. we should. <laughs> yeah. Like now I'm designing a collection for to South Africa and to Australia. Two different kind of, two totally different kind of collections, and uh, we are making in the in the from the beginning. I mean, like before, as a designer, I was doing only high end fashion, mm -hmm. quite expensive fashion. But now, when I started to do these, I wanted to, I wanted my designs, death metals, 
all death metals to be affordable so that anyone can buy them. And you, you need to buy only one holster, which is the holder for the, for the jewelry. And then you can buy just the simple uh, jewelry that you want for your, for your kidney. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting that you come from high fashion, the high fashion industry, because they're very judgmental. Yeah. But I think that I could have never imagined myself like three, four years ago designing like pink owls or golden stars or these little, you know, like rainbow unicorns or I never thought about that. But when I noticed the problem and you know how we get a lot of feedback from customers, they even take selfies, which they sent to me and they are like really really thankful for for the solution that they ordered from our online shop i mean like they don't even they order it from finland they don't know you know who is the designer or anything but they put me email and you know it's it's amazing but that tells something that that it is really like needed the thing and that is the reason why i kind of I, I i don't miss doing that high-end design anymore because now I feel like my designs actually help too. They are not just that superficial, you know, like you go somewhere into some gala for one night and you use your black leather bow tie and you just look so cool. And, you know, right. so where is the like content on that? There is no content. I don't want to discriminate fashion or fashion designers. I do not want to do that, but I, found my mission <laughs> right <laughs> you definitely have and now you're, you're designing for the masses now rather than yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i do want to ask you about that though what that was like back when you were you you did stage costumes right for mm. bands yeah for musicians how was that how was it what was it like working with people like marilyn manson and bono uh, we're talking about networking and we're talking about knowing, uh, you know, right people. I've never had the thing that I would be embarrassed or, you know, if I need to, if I need to get in contact with somebody, I'm just doing everything I can to get in touch with that person. I don't have the kind of a, you know, shame or it was not building my family to me or my brother. It was right. like... <laughs> We just talk. I mean, like we 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 don't we don't just talk. We do everything that we can to to meet those people. But it was it was great, uh, and I still do some stage clothing because they are unique designs, mm -hmm. and uh, in a way it it uh, keeps up my like profile as a designer also. So it gives me, in a way, this kind of street credibility, especially if I have another label called Death Metal. So, so in a way, that's like a, it's a good combination of things. But yes, of course, it was great. And I have a story about Marilyn Manson, how, well, I have a very long story. Well, I, actually, I have many stories about him. But but an example about that, when I, when I'm, when I put my... GTI was my previous label. It's still, it is still alive, but I don't actively work with GTI. I Death Metal is my main focus now. Mm -hmm. But I had like two papers 
And in the other paper, I wrote people which were Finnish celebrities and Finnish musicians that I, I could see my designs on. And the other paper, the other paper was uh, from abroad, from the people, from international um, musicians. Mm-hmm. And Marilyn Manson was the top, it was there, number one. I've always admired him. Well, nowadays, I'm not that sure anymore because there is a lot of shitty things going on, you know, with that. But anyway, then mm-hmm. as a visualist, as in his aesthetics, everything was just like so... I, I felt like related to him some funny way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was the first one. When you want to have something and you, you kind of say it aloud or you, you, you write it down into the paper, I didn't have that much effort, for example, towards Marilyn Manson. I just met the right kind of people who were the same style that I was. And then eventually I got in there. But it was just because of the people that I met were working in the music industry. I have been a singer and very into music for all of my life. So everything that has happened, it was very natural. And it's just like a proof that if, if you want to go somewhere, I mean, like you don't have to, you know, if you just kind of let it flow, you can actually get there. Right. I mean, no, if you're getting- No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's, it sounds like that's how you, everything you've done has come to fruition. I mean, even the, the hearing aid uh, jewelry, like that just yeah. something just naturally came. It sounds like uh, everything else you've done has naturally come as well. You just, you, you go to the, you, you take the next step, no matter what that step is without hesitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a, like, for example, with Marilyn Manson, I had a German friend who was our, uh, his name is Itamar Zekoval. And Itamar is a person who is a clothing designer also. And he had a brand called Dandy Grotesque, Dandy of the Grotesque in Berlin. And I went to Berlin many times. I mean, in, in, uh, with my friends 10 years ago, we took a flight there once a year and we went to Eastern Berlin and got shit faced and just, you know, we're having fun. And, uh, and then I knew that, that Itamar, I knew the brand Dandy of the Grotesque. And I wanted to go and visit him. I didn't know anything about him. The only thing I knew was that he has a very good style. And it, the things that he does is they are really cool. And so I went there all by myself, uh, took a taxi and, and went there and trying to search for his workshop. I remember just when I saw the tour, I was, I, st- I stood, you know, I. I stood on a, on a dog shit. It was like really warm and just like really fresh. Oh, and I was like, oh no, like I'm going to meet this like fashion designer who was like dandy of the grotesque. And, and now I just bumped into this <laughs> dog shit in the street. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But anyway, so, you know, it's, it was just dog shit. So, <laughs> so then I went in and I told that, of course, that, that I've been, you know, I wasn't following him or anything. I just decided that next time when I go to Berlin, I want to meet him. And then I went there and, and we became really, really good friends with Itamar. And I didn't know that he was doing Marilyn Manson also. Okay. I thought that he was doing like all these German bands, but I didn't know that he was doing Marilyn Manson. I was doing the costume design for this movie called Iron Sky. Oh, well. Wow. And uh, I needed a helping hand to do 
put me into the into you know to get into the job and i told told itamar that could would he like to be my my colleague in the doing the costume design and he was like like yeah i really want to do that and then i told itamar that you know about my my feelings towards marilyn manson so if you come to work for me maybe you can do something <laughs> <laughs> And that's how it kind of started out, the whole collaboration with Marilyn Manson. But I had no idea in Berlin while I was in Berlin that that I was right. going that that way I was going to get <laughs> Marilyn Manson. No. Gotcha. Yeah, you do a little training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's how it goes. I mm -hmm. mean, like, yeah. Well, that is really cool. Um, how was it? What, who was your who was your favorite to work with? What was your favorite celebrity you've you've gotten to work with? I have to say Snoop Dogg. Really? Yeah, because, yeah, just because he was so, for the first time, you know, we we had to go through, there was like these three different security zones that we needed to go through. And now when we got into the heart of the, of the area after these like giant black security guys, mm -hmm. so, it was like they were also stoned. <laughs> exactly what you imagined <laughs> yes, but in a way i mean like it was i've never seen anything like that and i've i think i've seen much but thinking about him going on stage on that uh mindset was <laughs> creepy i could never do that i never even drank a beer when i went on stage to, because i i couldn't because i needed to be like sharp and you know like and I think everyone everyone uh, reacts differently to to drinking and to pot, and I, I think we do. I think we all act. I think Snoop Dogg gets motivated and wants to get out there. I want to go lie on a couch and eat some chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, it's what you get used to. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, maybe it would have been nightmare if he wouldn't have been stoned. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much. This has been super interesting. Um, I definitely want to let people know where they can find you. And that's at deafmetal.com, D-E-A-F-M-E-T-A-L.com. Is there anywhere else that people can find you or find your jewelry? Uh, yeah, well, basically we have a main domain, which is deafmetal.com. But if you're working in, if you're living in US, uh, we have a deafmetalusa.com. My partner is having his own, uh, her own online shop there, and Oregon. He has the whole U.S. territory, and he is all. She is also doing Canada, and so uh, that is if you're living, living in there. But Defmetal.store is our here in uh, in uh, Europe. Uh, but if you go to Defmetal.com, you can find everything there. Okay, well, we'll definitely put the links uh, below the podcast so that people can find you. Thanks again, Yanni. This has been a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free mentorship help. We have mentors from around the world. We do we help with everything from uh, mental health to resume writing and everything in between. So dweebsglobal.org. It's free and it's confidential. See ya and hear y'all next week. Mm -hmm.